0: Take a look over this. I want you to get to you really know it to where we don't have to take a moment. But let's just, if you can just look at it, we're going to declare this together before the before I bring the word. If you're okay with it, great. If not, don't say it. Let me just encourage you. Don't go through the motions. Either mean it or don't do it. Okay, so let's together. I acknowledge that Jesus is Lord of my life, and I yield to the work of your Holy Spirit. You are speaking, and I am listening. You have a good plan for my life, and I desire your plan to come forth in my life. Amen. Amen. I'm going to try to put that in the bulletin for you uh, over the next few weeks so you can take it home and kind of chew on it. Um, But we just declare that God is Lord of our life, and we're here to listen and hear from him. Amen? We need to hear. And you may be here today, and you may say, Pastor, I don't know the Lord. I've never made that decision. I want you to know that it says in his word that if you will call on his name, those that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You don't have to overthink this thing. You just call on the Lord. Turn your life to Him. Begin to seek after Him and f- to follow Him and to learn how to follow Him. It's just a start. It's a starting point. But if that's you, right now I know the Holy Spirit's tugging at you. Something's tugging at you and you don't know what it is. I want you to know it's the Spirit of God calling you. Your phone's ringing and you need to answer it. It's been, he's been calling you from day one. He knew you before you were ever a sparkle in your daddy's eye. He knew you were going to be here, and he knew you were going to be here today. And you just need to call on him. So just call on him. I know the altar call usually comes at the end of service. Why? I don't think it's necessarily in Scripture that we have to have the altar call at any time. It's at every time. It's at all the time that we have an altar that we can go to, that we can go to the throne of mercy and grace boldly, not having to wait for an appointment. You go in you ever had your children interrupt you right in the middle of the most tense moment that you're having with someone else? They don't care. They need their ice cream. It's the same approach. God may be dealing with world leaders, kingdom leaders. Who knows what he's dealing with? But we can right then come in and say, I need this. I need you. And he stops what he's doing and he deals with you. Isn't that good? so good. All right, Breaking Bad. I want you to know once and for all, when Jesus died on the cross for your sins, when he paid that ultimate price, the sinless um, lamb going to the cross, shedding his blood. Now, I want you to know that when we receive Christ, we are cleansed. We are washed clean by his blood. But more so than even more than that, I don't know about more than that, but on top of that, He paid the price and has defeated sin once and for all. No longer does sin have power over your life if you are His. If you are walking under His word, under His provision, under His spirit, under His body, then sin no longer has power over you. You can give sin power, but you don't have to. He has broken it once and for all. The power of sin is broken and gone. Sin's still there. But the power of it being able to control you and make you do anything isn't there. Do you hear me? We have the spirit of Christ in us who is sinless. We have that with us. Once and for all, we have that. So week one, we looked at bad habits, breaking bad habits. Last week, we looked at breaking bad thoughts. I would encourage you, if you did not get to hear those, go, go get it online. It's free. Um, but today, we're looking at breaking bad decisions. Anybody here ever have to make a decision? Anybody here ever made bad decisions? Anybody here ever feel like that they make continual repetitive bad decisions? I have been there more times than I wished I had. It seems sometimes when you make one bad one, another one follows it. So, but there's an answer God has an answer for you, and I want you to think about the decisions you have to make when you get up in the morning, when you drive to work, even driving. You have to make sometimes split-second decisions, and sometimes you swerve the wrong way. Um, I want you to know that we 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 have the mind of Christ, we have the Spirit of God, but we also have all this knowledge and favor and blessing stored up waiting for us when we need it. Waiting for us. I want you to also know that one way that we get wisdom, one way that we get answers to decisions is from people. And inside this church, there are wise men and women. There are people here that have been through what you're going through and have something to tell you that can keep you from falling into a ditch. There are wise men and women here in this earth. There are. And they would be able to possibly keep you from heartache. But I I want you to know that scripture tells us that wisdom doesn't just drop in your lap. You have to search for it. You have to dig for it. You have to go after it. It doesn't just show up by a drone from Amazon.com. Wouldn't that be nice? But it doesn't work that way. The Bible says we have to search for it. We have to look for it. In the Old Testament, in Proverbs chapter 2, Proverbs chapter 3, follow follow with me here. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. Blessed are those who find wisdom. What do you get when you find wisdom? Don't go numb on me. Who wants to be blessed? Okay, do you really? Because if you really do, then your actions are going to show it. You can say, yeah, I want blessing, but then your actions don't show it. No, you really don't want blessing. Don't get mad at me. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. I want you to know I feel the Spirit of God telling me somebody's about to get something. But you better be paying attention. Be listening. Be ready to grab it and act on it. Get ready. Where am I? Those who gain understanding. Verse 14. For she, who is she? Okay, good. She is more profitable than silver and yields a better return than gold. Now let's stop. Do you believe the word of God? She, wisdom, is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Let's stop just for a second. Nothing you desire can compare with wisdom. Do you see how we go after all the wrong things? Even though these things we want and we desire, they're good, they're cool, I, I, I desire them. But if I would desire the right things, it far outweighs whatever I could desire. Yeah, but God, you don't know what I desire. Uh, Yeah, I do. Yes, I do. And what I have for you far outweighs what you desire. Something will really click if you get to the point where you really trust God's word. And that means when you trust it to where you act on it, to where you start to walk it. I can hear a word and say that's a good word and I believe it, but I don't walk it. But when you walk it, Telling you something, something good's coming. Okay, next verse. Verse 16. Long life is in her hand. Who's her? Her right hand. Wisdom, long life. And in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, those who hold her fast will be blessed. Riches, yield greater than gold. Long life, peace. What what do we pray for? What are we asking for? We're asking for God to bail out our finances. We're asking God to bring peace to crazy situations that we're in. We're asking God to bless our health. Long life, that's health. Do you see what is packaged in the package of wisdom? And it says to those that take hold of her. We've been singing all morning about holding on. I'm holding on in the middle of the storm. And there were songs before that had the same word about grabbing and going and getting. I'm running into your arms. I'm holding on. Those who hold fast will be blessed. Proverbs chapter four verse seven says, "The beginning of wisdom is this: Get wisdom. Did somebody just say, duh? That is hilarious. I think I have it written down. <laughs> duh. And it's not get wisdom. It's get wisdom. Get. where it's not a dog. Get. Get wisdom. That's a joke. Y'all aren't laughing. First service laughed a lot, and there was half of them. They laughed. Get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Cherish her. Who's her? Wisdom. She will exalt you. Embrace her. She will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. So do you hear me? With wisdom, do you hear the Lord? I don't want to say, do you hear me? Do you hear what God's saying? Get wisdom. Get it. Go get it. Find it. Who? Who? Who needs to get it? You. You must get it. Not your spouse, not your pastor, not your boss. You. My boss would just do this, I'd be better off. If Obama would just do that, I'd be better off. If they would only do that, I'd be better off. No. You. You affect you. you have to dig, and once you get it, cherish it. What do you do when you have something that you cherish? You pay attention to it. You make sure it's still there. You may go up on the mantle, there's no wisdom on the mantle anymore, it's gone. Oh, I need to get some. Do you follow me? With things that you cherish... You put it on a, in a frame. You put it somewhere where you can see it. You put it up on a stand and, and oh, I like that. It's the way I do my wife. Boy, you look beautiful today. I love you. Are you okay? How is everything? Hold fast to her. Cherish her. Same thing with wisdom. Cherish wisdom. Hold fast to wisdom. It says embrace wisdom. Don't let it go. Hold on to it. Fight for it. What, is that, what is it. what is the Lord telling us with wisdom? You have work to do. And do you know in James chapter 1 it says all we have to do is ask for it. All we have to do is ask. And then it goes on to say, and when you ask, expect to receive it. When you ask, expect to receive it. So when you get around a godly person, when you get in the word and you're digging for it, and when you're asking the Holy Spirit, you expect to find it. Well, Pastor, how's God going to know what I'm reading in the one-year Bible? Or if I just flip my Bible open, you watch what he does. It is an amazing thing. Same thing happened this morning with my message wound up being the exact same message that uh, Burton Putman's teaching in his Sunday school class. God knows what he's doing. You just have to move. It's a bizarre thing to flip your Bible open and start reading, and God's like, okay, even though you started in Chronicles chapter 1, this begat that, and that begat this one, and this one killed that one, and that one did that one, and this was a good king, and that was a bad king. Bam! There it is. When I started reading the one-year Bible back in 2001, I started in Chronicles. My mom was like, oh, no, don't start in Chronicles. Mom, it's it's July. I have to start where it's at. And all of a sudden... God started speaking to me right there. God's in First and 2 Chronicles. He is. And he met me right where I was. But I had to dig. Are you with me? You get a better, it's more profitable than silver. It yields a better return than gold. We're going after the wrong stuff. It comes with a long life, riches and honor. College students, those of you that are about to graduate, those of you that are digging, you high school students that are gaining information and growing so that you can go out into the world and be successful, get wisdom. Young married couples that are having to make decisions about your kids and about the kids' college and about where you're going to send them to school and how are they going to behave and how am I going to raise my kids and all the drugs and everything else that's going on in the world. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. You teachers, you people that are impacting our city, you medical workers, you lawyers, lawyers and doctors and such, mamas. But get wisdom. Get wisdom. Getting kind of excited. You wiser generation, that means older and put it together. You wiser generation. Get wisdom. The old are supposed to be teaching the young. Why? Because you have experience. Because you've walked with the Lord. Because you have something that we, we, the young people, don't have. You know, we always think we're younger than we are, you know? And I'm younger than some, but older than others. We'll just leave it at that. Wisdom lead you down a path of peace you married couples need peace (laughs) you know what you need you need wisdom you young marrieds you older marrieds you empty nesters you older generation you need peace how many of you so desire peace just want peace everybody shut up I want peace no I want wisdom we need wisdom. Long life, path of peace, a tree of life. If you hold on, And it says if you hold on to it uh, on another scripture, it says you'll be blessed. If you'll hold on to it. Let's continue on in that same vein. Proverbs chapter 9. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. If you become wise, you'll be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom, you'll be the one to suffer. It affects you. I love to know that if I do this, I get this. If I don't, I love knowing both sides. I'm one that's motivated not only by the blessing, but also by the consequence. Sometimes the blessing does not entice me as much as knowing what the consequence is. Others want to know what the blessing is. Well, he gives it both. If you'll, get, if you'll go after uh, wisdom, you'll be the one that benefits. If you don't, you're going to be the one that suffers. I don't have to blame anybody else. Blame myself. I'm the beneficiary. So, let's just assume, and I'm just going to agree that you would say, okay, pastor, I get it. I want it. How do I get it? How do I get wisdom? Amen? Where do we get it? We get it in the Word. We get it from the Spirit of God. We get it from the body of Christ, which is right here. The people, the teachers, the leaders, The person next to you, we get it from wise men and wise women. I want you to look around and say, who's a wise man? And then ask yourself, am I? I want you to think about the the stuff that you pour into other people's lives. Is it wise or is it foolish? And then think about the people that you trust, maybe your spouse or maybe a friend, a close friend, that when you're going through a terrible crisis and you ask for help, what kind of information are they giving you? Because it may not be wise. So how do we know who's a wise person and who isn't? Thanks for asking. Let's look at it. So if we talked about a wise man, what's the opposite of a wise man? A fool. So we need to know what a fool is. We need to know what a wise person is, right? Maybe I can't really tell whether you're wise, but I can definitely tell you're a fool. Or vice versa. You're not a fool. I can tell you're not a fool. Well then maybe you're wise. Okay, then let's line this up. Proverbs chapter 29. We're going to do a few scriptures right here in a row. Proverbs 29:11. It says a fool gives vent, gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. If a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs, and there is no quiet. And whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. I want you to look hard at that last one and see if you can come to the same conclusion that I've got, can't come to. Because the first section is about being on your own. I believe the second section is about being with someone. I believe that we can draw that conclusion. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom, which I believe is walking with the Lord, walking with the body, walking with the spirit, not doing things on your own. I you know that Scripture says that when you're surrounded by wise counsel, things go well. But when you're on your own, there are things that seem right to a man, but it leads to death. When you're on your own, your ability to get the right answer is almost zero. I don't think it's almost zero. I think it is zero. You're just not that great. On your own. With the Lord, you are more than conquerors. With the Lord, you can do all things. With the Lord, you have the mind of Christ. You have the spirit of Christ. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. On your own, you're in trouble. That's what verse 20, uh, uh, Proverbs 28, 26 is talking about. But I want you to think about the people that, you're getting wisdom, that you feel like you're getting wisdom from. Is it people that love to just express their opinion but have no knowledge? I don't want to go ask a single 20 year old about how to raise a teenager because they were once a teenager and they feel like they've got all the answers well I want to go find someone that has raised a teenager and raised them successfully not someone that has I mean but the, even though that person may have had challenges and that teenager may have had challenges look if that teenager didn't have challenges something's off you're not telling me everything because teenagers have challenges And parents of teenagers have challenges. If you don't, somebody's lying. But I love to hear about war stories where people have come out on top. With God, with kids that have turned their life around, with parents that have turned their life around. So many times through challenges with our kids, parents get delivered. Man, are you all with me? So who are you talking to? And when people seek you out for wisdom, what are you telling them? So it's going to lead me to, to the last point, and that's James chapter 3. And if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me here because we're going to be referring back and forth to this. And I, we're close. I'm, I'm close to being done, but I don't, I don't want to miss this part. James chapter 3. And what James chapter 3, verse 13 and following, is talking about worldly wisdom versus uh, heavenly wisdom. And you need to be able to discern which one you're hearing. I want you to know Wikipedia is not the Lord. Do you know that anybody can publish to Wikipedia? So beware. I look up dumb facts on Wikipedia. When I'm really researching, I stay away from it. Because it's on the Internet does not mean it's truth, young people. Because you watch a video and it looks real doesn't mean it's real. Okay, James 3. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. I want to stop there just for a second. A wise person is someone that shows from their conduct. Not someone who tells you they're wise. They show it. They do it. They're not a hearer of the word only. They're a hearer and a doer, and you see the fruits of what they've done. That's why when I have challenges raising a teenager, I go find someone that has fruits of successfully raising a teenager. And That sounds like I've got all these challenges with my teenagers. I don't. They're great teenagers. i got two of them sitting right here. Where's my other one? Wave your hand at me. Oh, this is how you wave. There you are. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. You're not in trouble. You're good. I got three. I got three teenagers about to have a fourth one. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) It's good. Let him show by good conduct his works that are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, don't boast and lie against the truth. I want to back up. You young marrieds that have young people, you're going to blink your eyes and you're going to have teenagers. You're going to blink your eyes. So pay attention. Enjoy where you are. Two-year-olds are crazy, but they'll never be two again. And some of the best memories you have with your kids are right there at that age. Video it. Write it down. Mark it in your mind. You're not going to stay there forever. Kids don't stay too forever. Oh, but my heart goes out to you. <laughs> if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, don't boast and lie against the truth. You know what that's saying. If you will ever take account of your heart, and if it's bitter and you got a lot of selfishness in it, close your mouth. <laughs> You don't have a lot of wisdom to offer. Pay attention to what you have. Go get wisdom because so people are going to start getting around you for you to influence, and you need to give them something good. You need to give them something that will change their life. But if it's bitter and selfishness that's in your heart, close your mouth. Close your mouth because you're going to start lying against the truth. You catch that? This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. You ever got wisdom from people that's confusing? It's, it's identifying itself. Godly wisdom is not confusing. He is not the author of confusion. What, what is earthly wisdom? It says that it is earthly, sensual, and demonic. You know what sensual is? We always want to apply that to sexual. It's not necessarily. It appeals to the emotions. It appeals to your senses. I know that I get around people and I can, I can kind of push the conversation to go in the direction I want because of how I feel. I'm passionate about this problem. I don't like the way this is going. And I can get in a circle and really get on my soapbox and cause people to kind of get, get on with it. And like, ooh, you know what, you're right. That is bad. But when I get around wise people and I'm acting like that, they'll say, you know what, I hear you. I hear that you're hurt. But this is the truth. Let's line this up. Wait a second. And it's not, it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't throw me off the rails. It brings me back in. Hey, I know you're passionate. and I know that this has probably wounded you somewhere. Or something, somehow you've gotten off track. But here's the truth. Worldly wisdom gets on board with you and encourages you to go walk off the cliff. You've got friends that do this to you. You're having trouble in a relationship with your spouse, and all you got to do is talk to your friend, and they'll agree with you. I don't need people to agree with me. I need people to tell me the truth. It hurts. It's hard to go in a direction that you think is right and then be told it's wrong. That hurts. But that's why wisdom is so valuable. Because it stops the hurt and brings you back to blessing. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing is there. Not just confusion. Do you catch that? (coughs) Every evil thing. That's a lot of stuff. Envy and self-seeking. But the wisdom that comes from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. What does that mean, first, pure? It will agree with the word of God. It will agree with the spirit of God. And it will agree with the body of God. Do you hear me? People get off track, but when the body is functioning like the body should, it will agree. It's gentle, it's peaceable. You know, there are some very gifted wise men that when you come with a very passionate, angry moment, they can bring you in a peaceable way out of that. It's gentle. It's peaceable. Now, I want you to see, it says it's full of mercy. And I felt like I got a revelation. You've probably thought this your whole life, and I'm just one that haven't. But I've never really applied mercy to forgiveness, which, which sounds kind of silly. But full of mercy means, especially in a spouse Relationship Full of mercy and wisdom means that when we mess up, we forgive each other. We know that God's full of mercy and grace, but do you realize that every time we mess up and we come to him the right way, he forgives us every time and gives us a way to be restored every time. Let me tell you, the church, a lot of times, do not do that. Judgmental, turn our backs and shove them out. That is not the spirit of God at all. He takes us just like we are. So when we get wisdom and when we have a chance to move forward, with that wisdom comes mercy. With that wisdom comes peace. It's not self-centered. It's not bitter. It doesn't have bitter envy. So if you've got a lot of bitterness and self-centeredness in you, that's okay. It's good to say, okay. Praise God. Thank you for showing me that, Lord. Now show me how to get that out. I need that out, and I want you to know there's somebody sitting next to you that's battled bitterness and self-centeredness, every one of us, anybody here ever been bitter, anybody here bitter now, don't raise your hand, (laughs) ask yourself, I am bitter, I need that out, I need that dug out, I need surgery, you got, are you just in your Bible? Every now and then, I think she has a word and she's just following me. It's demonic. Worldly wisdom is demonic. Godly wisdom, pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, producing good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. It does. Someone that's a wise man does God's word. Doesn't mean they don't make mistakes. Don't count someone off because they've made a mistake. You might as well count everyone off. But have they worked through it according to God's word? Or are they working through it now? Let me tell you, some people, some people that are just going through hell and are working through it are going to have wise things to say to you. Even though they may be in a very tough crisis situation. We all battle incredible challenges every time we walk out the door. We battle demonic challenges. We battle worldly challenges. We battle fleshly challenges. We battle challenges, don't we? We have battles every time we get up. And some of them knock us down. Some of them we have success with. But the ones that knock us down, I think that we sang that about not being shaken. Even though we get knocked down, we get up. For I will rise. I can't remember. It was all about being down, but rising up. And just as I am, I come. I'm going to get up and I'm going to come back to the Lord and he's going to restore me. You may be knocked down. Well, get up and return to the Lord. Seek after wisdom. Before you make a decision, young people, high school students, middle schoolers, before you make a decision, seek wisdom. Young families, first married, married with young killed children, Seek wisdom. You need wisdom. There is no reason to struggle with your decisions. We're going to have struggles. We're going to have challenges, but our decisions should be solid because we have the Spirit of God. We have the body of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. But you've got to go after it. You've got to find it, cherish it, hold on to it. You older generation, seek wisdom. You need wisdom to be able to tell your kids how to avoid traps. Some of you have got kids that have already graduated and are beginning to have kids. Let me tell you, they will not stop needing wisdom. And one of the primary ways they will get it is from their parents. It's the way they should get it getting it from God, getting it from the church, but they get it from their parents. And boy, do we need wisdom. Parents, You need wisdom, and you need to give it to them and walk it. They're looking for wisdom everywhere, but they're not getting it where they're supposed to. Go after it. Go after it in the Word, in the Spirit, in the body. Seek after it. Read books. Read. Download. And do. Don't be hearers, but doers. Be hearers and doers. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to pray over you in just a minute, but let's go ahead and let's speak this out together kind of to activate what we've heard, um, and then I'm going to pray, and, and we're going to see some, uh, some of the great things that are happening here at church, and we're going to go home. Have a great week. Amen? Amen. I am praying for you to have a great week. Breakthrough over your children. Break, uh, this last week of school, praise God breakthrough, great grades, turn just a miracle of turnaround, turnaround at your work, turnaround with your finances. I mean, we're pouring out money like crazy because it's Christmas, but in Jesus' name, pour it back in. According to your word that we would have wisdom to know where to invest and not to invest, who to be around and who not to be around. Good Bad company corrupts us terrible, good morals. Bad company corrupts good morals. I'm praying for you to have wisdom and breakthrough and that thing that you're praying for, that it will finally come. Amen? That's what we're believing for. So can we agree together? Here we go. I commit to seek you, Jesus, your word and your spirit this week. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in my life. Before making decisions in my life, I will search and find wisdom from your word, spirit, and your body. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we line up with your word, we believe you, but Lord, we want to be doers of your word. Let us get off the couch and get on the playing field and start doing your word, and Lord, we just ask that wisdom would come, and when wisdom comes, blessing would come, and that Lord, that you would just make things that could not be done, done, that the things that seem impossible, possible that the doors that need to be shut, be shut, and the doors that we've been waiting to open, that you want opened, that you would open. I just thank you, Lord, that we would finish this year strong and that 2016 would just be an incredible year, year of blessing, a year of growth, a year of increased finances, a year of better marriages, restored marriages, restored relationships with children, Lord, that we would go after wisdom and we would find it and we would hold it and we would cherish it and we would embrace it.